I am a person with a lot of anxiety, and this is not something that I even realized until recently during therapy. During my therapy sessions, I would notice a tightness in my chest and an inability to breathe deep breaths. Anxiety can also show up in the form of controlling things, needing things to be a certain way. Otherwise, there'll be havoc in the world. It can also show up physically. Your heartbeat rises, you feel like you're holding your breath, your muscles tense up, your brain is full of what-if scenarios, you're always preparing for the worst, and you have five different backup plans for each decision in your life. And you might even find yourself obsessively eating or cleaning or doing something that you just do for comfort. In our culture nowadays, we've accepted anxiety as a normal part of our lives when really it is a flight or fight response and we're not meant to be anxious all the time. Dear younger me, don't let anxiety rule your life. It is not from God and there is a way that we can be free from it. Hey everyone, my name is Jamie and welcome to Dear Younger Me. This podcast is dedicated to giving advice to my younger self in hopes that it will also help other people who might be going through similar things. I just hope that this podcast can be me being an older sister giving helpful advice to all the young people and maybe even older people out there. In this episode, I will be talking about overcoming fear and anxiety in your life. So I believe the root behind our anxiety is fear. Fear of the future, fear of the unknown, of failure, of bad things happening, of disappointment, of not being loved, or even fear of being rejected. And when we're focused on all of these fears, we can't help but be anxious because we're constantly worrying about things we can't control. And when it comes down to it, I think we're anxious because we don't think God has it all under control. We don't truly believe that he knows our future and has good plan for us. And thus, we take our lives into our own hands. But in reality, God knows it all. He knew you before you were born, from your first day of life to your last day of life here on earth. Psalm 139, 16 writes, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. He knows everything that's going to play out from when you first learned how to walk, how to ride a bike, to even when you first slide. And I know it is really hard to believe that your whole life is planned out, but do you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that God is God? That he's all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at once, and good? And if you don't believe, ask God to take the veil away from you and reveal to you what Jesus did on the cross for all sinners. Because it's only when you understand that God is an almighty God will you realize that he can handle anything. And if that's the God that we serve, then we don't have to worry about anything because he's watching over us and preserving our lives. You don't have to fear the future because God knows the future and he makes all things work out for the good of those who love him. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 6, 25, 34, and it reads, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So in this passage, God explicitly tells us that he knows that we need to eat, drink, and wear clothes, meaning he knows our practical needs. And this isn't saying that he'll give us what we want all the time, but it is saying that we shouldn't be worried about these things and instead seek the kingdom of heaven first and know that God will always provide. And now I want to talk about people in the Bible who are very similar to us in that they also were fearful and anxious for what God told them to do. Take Moses, for example. We know him as the man who led Israel out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea. But did you know he objected to doing what God wanted him to do five times in the first request that God made to him? Let's read Exodus 3, 11 to 12. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Exodus 4.1 Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. Exodus 4, 10-14 But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. If you look at all the times that Moses objected to what God said, you'll realize that he was making up excuses for why he couldn't lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. First, it was that he was a nobody. Then it was that people wouldn't believe him. Then he wasn't eloquent enough. And then lastly, he just didn't want to do it. And you can see that Moses was worried about all of these things because he was scared of failing, of not knowing the right words to say, of people not accepting him. And these are still fears that we struggle with today. But in each of his objections, God reminds him of who God is and what he's called Moses to do. He says, but I will be with you. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. God is so gentle and so gracious, and he reminds us of the truth when we're anxious or worried about something, that he is with us always. Now, let's look at the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 4-10 Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. 
Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. In this passage, Jeremiah at first says, I'm too young and I don't know how to speak, much less speak God's words to the nations. Then God says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth, meaning there's literal power in Jeremiah's mouth. God equips us for all that he's called us to do so we don't have to fear that we're not good enough to accomplish God's plans for us. He will provide if he calls us to do something. And now let's look at the story of two people who had great faith in God's character and how they responded in times of fear and how we should respond in times of fear as well. The first is the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 41-51 Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. So in this story, David was most likely between 15 and 19 when he killed Goliath. And I don't know about you, but I would have definitely been scared for my life. Yet David believed in the power of the name of the Lord Almighty and he won against Goliath without a scratch on his body. As you can see, if the Lord asks us to do something, he will give us all the tools that we need. And in fact, he'll use the tools that we already know, just like how David had a slingshot and a rock, and he just simply used those in order to defeat the Philistine. And so oftentimes we don't have to worry about not being good enough or not having the right tools because most likely we probably already have the tools inside of us and we just need to ask God to help us know how to use them. The second story that I want to share is the story of Daniel. In Daniel 6, 7 to 10, it writes, All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. 
When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. So after Daniel heard that decree, he continued praying and giving thanks to God, not worried at all about being thrown into the lion's den. Imagine a lion standing in front of you. What would you do if you were in Daniel's shoes? Would you run, scream, freeze, or would you just calmly trust God that he would protect you? In the end, Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And I hope that these two stories remind you there's nothing to fear because what can man do to you? And the next time you're feeling anxious, meditate on these two stories and ask God for more faith to believe them. And now I want to share an example from my life. So in September of this year, God told me to keep creating, whether that was working on this podcast, making YouTube videos, or even TikTok and Instagram reels. And I felt like that was my calling for this next season in life, or maybe even just my entirety of life. But it sounded too good to be true and a little vague because I was like, what am I supposed to create, God? Like, just this podcast? Like, is that all you want me to do? And am I supposed to apply for different jobs in the meantime? Shouldn't I be focusing on getting clients for my photography business and getting better at acting? I had all these doubts such as no one is going to watch my content, or it seems really silly to make one to three minute videos on TikTok, or I'm not doing anything productive with my life. But at the root of all of these anxious thoughts was the fear of not being able to financially provide for myself and fear of what other people thought about me. And here's the thing, fear makes you doubt God's goodness. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that man must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Fear makes you take your own life into your hands and out of God's hands. It makes you anxious because you're trying to take on things you're not supposed to take on, and you don't have the power to take on. It makes you worry about the future and make backup plans. But in reality, if you just trust God's plan A for you, you don't need a backup plan because God's plans never fail. And as I learned to overcome my fear and anxiety by having more faith in God's promises, I started making weekly podcast episodes the beginning of October. And now that I look back at how much money I made in October from photography, I realized it was equal to the exact amount of my expenses, like to the exact number. Well, it was $2 over. I was blown away because I didn't even realize that I was making money because I was so focused on making these podcast episodes. And so then when I focus on the things that God has called me to do, like everything just kind of fell into place. And I think that's one way that God takes care of us and he keeps his promises. And isn't it crazy that when you let go and trust God, he will show up? Like I had clients coming out of the woodworks, people that I didn't even know ask me to take photos for them. And then on top of that, I got some random acting gigs that gave me a couple extra hundred dollars. And that portion is just God's abundant grace. I'm already in awe that he provided for my expenses, even though most of my days were spent making podcast episodes. But then he goes above and beyond what I need. And that's just one example of God providing for me when I trust in him. Okay, and now I want to talk about some practical steps in overcoming fear and anxiety. Number one. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to give you peace because it is a fruit of the Spirit and ask him to help you keep in step with him so that your desires to control everything will be released. In Galatians 5, 16 to 26, it reads, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it's basically saying that if you keep in step with the Spirit, it will be impossible for you to keep in step with the flesh because those things are completely opposite of each other. You cannot do one and the other at the same time. So if you are feeling anxious, you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you walk in the Spirit so that you're no longer dwelling on the earthly things of your flesh, such as worrying and, and thinking about all the anxious things that you have to do in life. Number two, understand who God is and his characteristics. This step is really important because if we don't trust that God is a good God, then we'll never let go of our lives into his hands. So I'm going to talk about four of his attributes that specifically helped me with anxiety and overcoming fear. Number one, he is a good God. Psalm 105 writes, For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. And two, he knows everything. Psalm 139, Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Three, he has good plans for you. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And number four, God is with you and will give you all the tools you need to do what he's called you to do. Exodus 4, 11 to 12, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth, who made him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Number three, work through trauma with the Holy Spirit. There might be traumatic experiences in your life that impact the way you function. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is causing you your anxiety. Listen to that still small voice or even believe when you get a vision in your mind's eye. Ask yourself, what are the fears that are holding you back? For example, in March of 2020, I was involved in a pretty bad car accident where another driver ran a red light and T-boned me on the driver's side. It honestly is a miracle that I'm okay and I didn't have any major injuries, but ever since, I found myself super anxious when I'm driving. My body tenses up when I'm in a lane between giant trucks or if I'm driving in the rain. I'm always worried about other cars cutting me off, and I have to remind myself to relax my shoulders every once in a while. And at the root of this anxiety is a fear of pain and death. And that's something that I have to ask the Holy Spirit to heal in me. 
He needs to remind me that there are angels protecting me and that God holds my life in the palm of his hand. And this is something that I have to ask him to do for me because I cannot force myself to believe that. Number four, speak God's truth over your life. There's a reason that the word is our weapon. It's the sword of the spirit that can cut through lies, meaning there's power in speaking Bible verses. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We also have to realize that the anxiety and fears we have are powers of the present darkness. The devil will speak these lies to you because he knows it'll hurt us. And although it's not a physical threat, it's just as evil and just as potent. So we have to go into every single day with an awareness of the spiritual realm and be ready to fight spiritually with the sword of the spirit and to use the shield of faith. All right, last but not least, number five. Do a social media fast. It's crazy because in our times, there's TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, all of these different social media platforms that are designed to make you compare yourself to others. And it makes you vie for what you don't have. And there are filters that will literally alter what your face and body look like. And if we expect ourselves to live up to that fake standard, of course we're going to be anxious and worried about what other people think about us. Don't get me wrong, social media is a tool and it's great for connecting with people. But if you use that tool to replace real human interactions and create this fake digital world that you live in, you are going to be disappointed with the real life that you're living because it's not perfect and it's not meant to be perfect. All right, everyone, that is all I have for you today. I really hope that this episode speaks life over you and that you'll be able to pray to God to help you with your fear and anxiety. Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he loves to cover you with his peace. So ask him to reveal to you all your fears and to bring things into the light so that you can heal from them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you found it to be helpful, can you please leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts or just share it with your friends and family? That would mean so much to me because it does get the word out to more listeners like you. Okay, I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!